Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Timber Living Log Cabins. For your perfect workspace, living space or hideaway, timberliving.ie. We're going to go away from healthy eating completely now. We're going to talk about chocolate. And uh, gentlemen, I'm reminding you all in plenty of time, Valentine's Day is coming. And today we are actually going to teach you to make your own truffles. Grania Mullins, chocolatey air. Cho- cho- Chocolate hair. Chocolate hair. <laughs> and founder of Grow Chocolates. Good afternoon. Hello, lovely to be here. Um, so, Grony, before we get down to how to make the truffles, tell me about becoming a pastry chef a or a chocolatier. A, a, a chocolatier. <laughs> a chocolatier. Okay, like a musketeer. Yeah. Uh, so, w- were you a foodie child? Foodie child completely. So, I was very lucky. Um, I grew up in a household and we had a lot of food. We had our own garden. We had a lot of fresh food and we made everything from scratch and I was allowed to make everything from scratch. So, I was a, when I we didn't have sweet treats in the house, my parents would wake up to me ma- baking meringues at nine o'clock in the morning so I could have something sweet to eat for myself. Um, so, I just loved being in the kitchen. I loved creating and it kind of went from there I suppose. But you went off and did science in college then? I did so I'd worked from transition year in kitchens I got my first work experience then and I'd worked my way up and I loved it but when I was going to college I decided I also loved school science and I decided to study science in NUIG and I was studying away while working at the same time and I was just at work in the kitchen was my happy place. So I decided to head off to the south of France and I started working in a Michelin star restaurant down there and Which one I, was it? It was called Dan B, La Table de Ventebrun. And it was just outside Aix-en-Provence and it was just amazing. It was beautiful, picturesque. And then I just was promoted to head pastry chef out there. So chef patissier. And I just, my passion just grew and grew. And then I moved back to Ireland and continued working in Michelin star restaurants. The, the Michelin star thing is kind of getting a bad rap these days now because a lot of people coming out and saying we saw all that kind of scandal around the kitchens in Copenhagen and everything that essentially these fine dining tasting menus, Michelin stars, all based on kind of slave labour and abuse of young chefs and that it's high pressure environment and all that. It's certainly high pressure, but it's also a lot of passionate people who are really thriving and pushing to do something that really makes them feel creative. So it definitely is intense. There's long hour days from uh, you start very, very early and you finish very, very late. But it's also really interesting and it's an incredible nearly family environment that you work within and you all stick together you all have built an amazing relationship within your team you almost work silently together and to see that teamwork down in in a workplace is really incredible as well and yeah. it's not easy it's not easy but you do work your way up the okay ranks. but I can see there's another side to the intensity there, there which is, is really there really is, is really it's cool. not yeah. it's not all shouting and roaring and there will be a lot of places that are trying to move away from that and instead you, you're creating a nice atmosphere and there is that nice family environment there is long hours of course I'm not denying that for a second but there Was is it some harder for a woman um, I didn't find it. I grew up with brothers, so I okay. don't think I ever look at things like that. I've been asked that question before and potentially it is. And you, there would be women around, especially around my age, who would be thinking, geez, I can't live like this forever because if I want to have kids, it wouldn't be possible to stand on your feet all day. So you do have to be aware of that. But I would say a lot of people would push on through and I'd say I, I would hope that the industry will adapt and that it can be more accessible for women and that they can work shorter shifts or part time instead of it having to be so intense and really long maybe yeah. 60 or 80 hour days and some of the men might weeks. want to work like that as well exactly no, completely yeah. I think there should be more of a balance there and more of an opportunity to, to bring that in and I'm very lucky that with my business now that I can offer that to women that they can and to men of course but I can offer more of a work life balance but still creating a high quality product as well okay you've got the add in 
in there. We'll come. We, we, we <laughs> mention your business. So first, how, how you got from? So you came back to Ireland. And where did you work back in Ireland? Moved back to Ireland. I went straight to the Cliff House Hotel down in Waterford. Okay. Um, beautiful hotel. And then after that, I decided to go to Ox in Belfast. Loved Belfast as well. Loved working in that restaurant. Amazing. And then I won the Young Chef of the Year competition after that. So I went in as the only pastry chef. And I didn't right. expect to win it. I was kind of the wild Is card. pastry the poor relation of the kind of important chefing kind of in <laughs> so a way. It's, yeah. it's the sweet side. So it's the breads, it's yeah. the cakes. But do they kind of, do, do, do the proper chefs kind of go, oh, no, it's just pastry? I think not really. They would see it as a different skill. So generally yeah. you'd have people that would be very calculated and can follow a recipe. And you'd have people that like to more so wing it and do it by flavour and taste. So it's, some people would say, I can't do pastry ever because they just can't follow a recipe. It's more science is it? Much like? more science yeah. So it's very calculated. It's a lot of prep in advance. Whereas the, the main side of the kitchen, you'd be working and you'd be preparing preparing a la minute so what they would call that would be yeah it would be when you're in the kitchen you'd be cooking the meat and then serving it straight away whereas pastry you have to be everything planned from the morning everything has to be made made advance it has to be prepared in before you go into service and service is the nice part where it's kind of service is the hectic part when you're cooking main and savoury savoury courses so it's it's a very different way of working in a kitchen but you still you all work together as well and then when so you won the the Eurotalk Young Chef of the Year as you were saying that was in 2019 that was 2019. And what happened then? Then um, it was amazing. I was thrilled yeah. to win it. Couldn't believe it. And then the world kind of crumbled. <laughs> the world went into lockdown. So um, I thought 2020 was going to be my year and I had all these events booked in. And I was so excited and all of these plans. And uh, one by one, they were cancelled day after day. And that was, I suppose, for everyone. It was quite a tough time. But for me, who had worked about 60 hours a week minimum, I had gone and all of a sudden I had nothing to do. And yeah. I didn't know what to do with myself. I had no other hobbies. I had nowhere to go. And within my 5K, um, I live in a beautiful part of County Galway, but there's nothing really except a mountain and a river. So I just, I got very familiar with them and started walking a lot and did a lot, a lot of baking at home, which I really loved. Okay, it's. I'm imagining, do you know the film The Butcher Boy, Francie Brady's mother cooking all the, there were buns everywhere. <laughs> That's exactly bacon, what there right. was. My brother said to me one day, he turned to me and he said, yeah, we, Gron, you have to stop cooking. You're going to give us all diabetes. <laughs> but the neighbours were very happy. I was dropping cakes to their door and little treats for everyone. So it was, it was really nice. And then, so how did the chocolate business come about then? Because I suppose there was this thing in the pandemic where people would, they liked having little treats delivered to the house, didn't they? Like They and, did. Yeah, yeah. So even before that, so what I'd done when I was making the nice treats for everyone everyone was getting sick of the cake so I was like oh my god I'd love to make hand painted easter eggs so I knew how to do that from working as a pastry chef I would have worked a lot with chocolate and I decided I'd say yeah I'll make a hand painted easter egg for all my friends and family something nice a nice treat so I got one mould and I started painting them and drawing and making beautiful chocolate. And I put them on Instagram and Twitter and loads of people started replying, oh my God, what are these? Can I buy them? And after, I think I made just 15 of them. And I decided then, geez, people really want these. This could be a business. And it was my mother that said to me, she said, Granny, this, this could be your business. I'd always wanted and dreamt of having a business, but I didn't know how I would do it or what it would be. I had imagined that it would be a pastry shop. I didn't mm. think it would just be chocolates. So from there, I started doing my business courses, started researching, planning, business plan. And within three months of Easter, I decided to launch a website called Gras Chocolates. And I launched it at 6pm on the 24th of July. And we sold out in just eight minutes and the website crashed. So it was incredible. It was okay. an incredible start. I really know. <clears throat> you won't mind me saying they're not 
cheap. It's it's kind of it's more chocolate as art in a way, is it's, it? I like to call it edible art. So there's yeah. a lot of focus. We make everything from scratch. The chocolates are made. They're hand painted. Every single one is hand painted. And the ingredients inside, we've really put a focus on using the best quality Irish ingredients. We use the best quality chocolate. And let's say we have a pineapple chocolate. It's one of my favourites. And we have fresh pineapples. We break that down and we make it into like a jam with some lime zest and fresh vanilla. And that's the filling and balances so nicely with the white chocolate. But everything we do is scratch okay. from the hazelnuts that we're roasting and blending down into a beautiful hazelnut proline. We do everything. So yes, there is a lot more work that goes into it and it's really labour intensive, but we have a fantastic, like they're unlike any chocolates you'll ever taste in your life. And uh, these are not for scarfing down then, they're for the eye initially, I'm guessing, <laughs> and are. you savour them and everything. And they're yeah. to be appreciated because I think there's a lot with food as well. When you visually appreciate something, you can look at it and yeah. it, then it's going to taste better. And it's also then when it tastes even better than it looks, it adds another element to it altogether. Okay, and you're in Brown Thomas now and um, we are. We're just, all, all developing. Yeah, so we're mainly online, but we have Brown Thomas. We have a concession in Grafton Street, Brown Thomas. And just on Thursday, we launched our pop-up in Dundrum, Brown Thomas as well. So I've been there all weekend. It's just lovely. Congratulations. Thank okay, you. we only have about a minute left to tell people how to make truffles, but luckily it's very <laughs> easy, isn't it? It is. It's a quite an easy recipe. So this is quite a simple ganache recipe is what we call it and we are filling within lots of chocolates. So what you do is you boil up your cream and your butter and then you pour it over your chocolate. So I'm using 70% dark chocolate, but you can also use a milk chocolate if you want. And you leave that to set and for about a minute and all the chocolate will start to melt. And then either using a whisk or if you have a blender for your soup, blend it up together, pour it into a dish and let it set in the fridge for about an hour or two. When it's nice and firm, you take a little teaspoon and you roll little balls of your chocolate and then you can roll those little balls of ganache into any toppings you want. So if you want ground hazelnuts or coconut or cocoa powder and that's it. So it's literally three ingredients. You melt them down together and let it set. Brilliant. We'll put that up on the website uh, and... uh Grania Mullins, you are the most positive, uh, energ- energised person I've ever met in my life. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Fantastic. Well That's done. lovely. Okay. 